We're back. Welcome back to another episode of the Saturday Six Podcast. It's uh, episode, what, seven, eight? Who cares? We're back for another episode, baby. I am AJ here with my brother Tyler. What's up, man? I'm a couple beers deep, so you're getting the best side of me right now. This is when all the hot takes come out. This so. is when all the hot takes. This is when him taking uh, six favorites comes out right here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Not this week. Ah, so some good games to talk about this week, you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, we're going to talk about all top 25 ranked on ranked matchups. Uh, so when you have six ranked matchups going head to head uh there's some chaos that has to come with yeah, it yeah uh, it's a huge shakeup. it's a juicy little slate um before we get to this week's games let's go ahead and do a recap of our picks last week pick six of them against the spread we had some good matchups last week a lot of top 25 on top 25s again um in the middle of the season here really starting to learn a lot about these teams and we're starting to right the ship here a little bit, baby. We got some momentum going. It is four and two and four and two. Oh, a little can pop there. I like that. Uh, four and two and four and two for both of last week. And uh, I went four and two straight up. You went five and one straight up. So we did uh, pretty good turning the ship around here. Yes, sir. It's about damn time. <laughs> Uh, so TCU Kansas game, we uh, were on opposite sides for that one. Spread was seven. TCU ends up winning by seven, 38, 31. You picked TCU, got it correct. Uh, recap that one for me. Uh, this was a lot closer game than I expected it to be. Um, it's a Max Duggan show, man. I mean, what more can you really say about it? Kansas's Cinderella story is not over. Like we said before, this conference is wide open. Uh, it's for anybody's taken, but it seems like TCU is going to uh, take their piece of the pie for this conference so far. Yeah, TCU is looking like one of the best teams in the Big 12, I think. Uh, right now, along with maybe Oklahoma State, we'll touch on their game coming up this week. Um, but a solid win by the Horned Frogs. Another game that we touched on last week was Tennessee-LSU. This was a really close spread. I, I want to say this was three, three and a half maybe um, on the side of Tennessee in this game. They were on the road against LSU, but, dude, it was a blowout. 40 to 13 is the final score in that one. I picked Tennessee. I thought that was, spread was too low. You were on the side of the Tigers to keep it closer, but we both thought that Tennessee would win, and, and they did that easily. Yeah, I mean, they just get out to a hot start. LSU struggles to put up points offensively uh and the Tennessee defense does just enough I don't think they played necessarily spectacular I think LSU shot themselves in the foot a lot um but they do just enough to hold LSU off and uh they stayed off the field for the majority of the game because of this offense being able to drive down the field and score consistently yeah I agree it was a I mean we talked about how LSU there was kind of a little bit of a momentum for there, for them going uh, four straight wins after losing to FSU to start the season, but a uh, step in the wrong direction last week for the Tigers. Um, another game that we touched on last week was an interesting one because it was two perennial Big 12 powerhouses 
who were kind of at the same spot in their season, really needing a win. Um, we said huge difference between four and two and three and three. But I think this week you've learned that the big, the difference is even bigger than we expected. Ten, uh, Texas was a favorite against Oklahoma. Um, I believe that one was seven. Uh, yeah, the Longhorns were favored by seven in that game. 49 to zero beat the crap out of the Sooners. Um, the Sooners didn't have a pulse at all throughout that entire game. We were worried what um, what the result might be without Dylan Gabriel in this game, and it was the Quinn Ewers show, dude. Yeah, um, I'm sure somebody will correct me if I'm wrong here. I believe this is the biggest blowout uh, in this rivalry's history. Wow. So... The future is looking kind of bleak if we can't get Dylan Gabriel back uh, for Oklahoma. These are two teams that you want to follow closely because these games matter the most to these two teams. And this these are two teams that are set to join the SEC. So getting blown out 49 to nothing by Oklahoma, that is bad. Uh, however, for Texas, obviously they get their starting quarterback, Quinn Ewers, back. We said it could be a huge difference maker as long as that shoulder is not still nagging him. And it didn't appear to be whatsoever. Big game from Bijan Robinson out of the backfield. And Texas just steamrolls Boomer Sooner. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, like I said, we said the difference between those two records would be uh, huge, and it is even bigger after watching the beatdown that the Longhorns gave the Sooners. So, um, let's move out to our Pac-12 game. Uh, we had two Pac-12 games actually back to back here. UCLA beating Utah at home, thirty-two to forty-two, and USC winning against Washington State, thirty to fourteen. We were both on opposite sides of the spread here for both games. I picked Utah. You picked UCLA. I picked USC. You pick Washington State. Give me the difference there between those two games because uh, those are uh, ones that we were on opposite sides. Yeah, so for the UCLA-Utah game, uh, the one that I got right, uh, it was such a back-and-forth game. It uh, it kind of reminded me kind of like a game of basketball where it's a game of runs. Uh, this one was a game of runs. UCLA looked really good for uh, a couple drives, and then Utah would – you know, come back a little bit. Uh, it was just kind of a, a really good back, back and forth, but UCLA pulled everything out that they needed to. Uh, they didn't leave anything in their pockets at the end of the game. Played their freaking heart out uh, for that matter too. And the the home game atmosphere just kind of uh, propelled them to that W. Washington yeah. USC is one for me where it's a uh, – they lose by 16. I believe the spread was like 14 or something like that. Um, so it looks bad. I think we all expected uh, USC to win this one, uh, and they do easily. But Washington's so close to covering this game and making it a lot closer than it seems. Yeah, the reason I was excited about picking these two games last week is because I thought going into the year – that the Utah-USC matchup was going to be a big one to help decide the Pac-12. That's the game that we're going to pick this week. And so seeing the results of those two games definitely is what I you know, needed to kind of help 
me evaluate both of those teams a little bit more heading into this week and their their big showdown. So we'll touch on that one in a second. Before we do that, let's touch on our last game, an ACC matchup. You had the Florida State Seminoles with only one loss, the NC State Wolfpack with one loss. And uh, this was an FSU uh, loss, but they do cover. Um, spread was like three and a half, I believe, or three. And uh, two-point win for the Wolfpack, 19-17. to 17. So we hit on that one, but FSU uh, loses that one, unfortunately. Cue the apology letter to the Wolfpack. They do Thank pull you. this one out. Thank you. I was going to ask. <laughs> I was going to ask because but, they've got a quality but, uh, win on the schedule now. But, and we'll touch on this a little bit later in the podcast, not the prettiest of wins. You do get one uh, against a pretty good FSU team that I've been high on thus far throughout the season. Um, so it will be interesting going forward. They've still got a lot of things to fix going into this week, as does FSU. Um, so we'll see how they, they take this momentum and snowball it into uh, a winning streak, hopefully. Yeah, we're, we're touching on NC State again this week. I think that is maybe their fourth appearance on the show already on the season, um, at least three. Uh, they're playing a pesky Syracuse team that's undefeated. So we'll touch on that here in a second. But that's our recap for last week. Like I said, both of us four and two against the spread. So getting some momentum heading in the right direction, baby. Been... Six and zero this week. Yeah, six and zero, baby. Let's do it. Let's jump into this week. All right, let's go, man. We got some good ones, like we said, top 25 on top 25 matchups. We'll take us to the Big Ten Conference first. Huge showdown this week. The first test we're going to see for a couple of teams here, Penn State, number 10 in the country, 5-0 and on the year, on the road against number five, Michigan Wolverines, 6-0 and so far, undefeated through the first half of their schedule. They're seven-point home favorites, 12 o'clock on Fox. What do you think, man? This one should be a really good game. Yeah, I'm still not sold on Michigan. I don't think I've seen what I need to see from them. So this week will be uh, their opportunity to show me that. Uh, I think quarterback J.J. McCarthy, he's good. He's not great. I think he has a potential to lose a game or two for Michigan. What better teams than uh, two top 10 ranked teams and Penn State and Ohio State, which they have both of those teams left on their schedule. Mm -hmm. He, I think, in order for Michigan to win this game, uh, by more than seven points, JJ McCarthy's got to play a perfect game. The coaches have to call a perfect game. Uh, and it's a lot to put together. I, I don't know if it's possible. I think if they do win this game, it's on the shoulders of Blake Corum. Yeah, uh, gets a stud. The, yeah, the Michigan running back, he already has 735 yards on the ground and 11 touchdowns. I mean, mm -hmm. he is the focal point of this offense. He is the shining star that we see for Michigan right now. Yeah. Um, obviously, on the flip side, you have Sean Clifford uh, uh, for the 10th year in a row <laughs> <laughs> or something like it, uh, heading up that Penn State offense. You know, I do like that this is in the big house for Michigan. Mm -hmm. um, it, it It's very favorable in that fact for them. But I think seven is a little bit too much. I'm looking for Michigan to maybe drop a game or two this year. Yeah. Um, 
And I, I think Penn State and Ohio State are the ones to do it. Um, obviously, Ohio State, they play towards the end of the year when it's, like, freaking snowing outside. Um, but I'm going to take the Nittany Lions to cover a seven-point spread. Okay. Yeah, I, I think you make a lot of great points there. I think um, this one's tough for me because we've seen Penn State against a decent team already. We've seen them, you know, on the road against Auburn, we thought that would be a tough showdown. And 41 to 12, I mean, just smacked them. Not saying Auburn's a great team, but that's a tough environment yeah, yeah, yeah. to go into in the SEC. A um, little bit a little bit more shaky last week against Northwestern. They pulled that one out 17 to 7. Um, I got to see more out of Clifford. I think going on the road here, you are not going to be able to complete 50% of your balls and win this game. I, you're just not going to do it, and that's what he did last week. Um, the running back, Nick Singleton, we've touched on him already on the podcast. He's a stud, but again, last week, like four yards of carry. I think that's got to be closer to six if you're going to beat Michigan. Um, right. Turned the ball over, I think, five times last week. That obviously can't happen, fumbling the ball four times. You're not going to win this game that way. Um, as much as I like Penn State, this is a tough game. Michigan's a really good team. Um, they've, they've blown out some cupcakes, like winning by a million. And then against Big Ten teams, they're kind of letting them hang in some some games so far. So I'm on the fence about this one. Seven's like right where I kind of feel comfortable taking Michigan at home. This is tough. Michigan is a good pick. Uh, the, the thing with these two quarterbacks that we touched on, J.J. McCarthy and – Sean Clifford, they're both very game managers, manage the offense. So what can the team around them do yeah. to lessen the load on their shoulders? You know, I already touched on Blake Corum running the ball. If he can run the ball 15 times this game and take the load off of J.J. McCarthy so that he isn't put into as many passing situations – you know, that's less mistakes that they get that yeah. we can make. Same thing for Penn State. What can you do offensively with your game plan to limit the the, the impact that Clifford has to make? Yeah. The load and the impact that Clifford has to make and put on his shoulders. Because if you can make it to where he doesn't have to make the tough throws that in the double coverage or the 50 50 balls um yeah. as much I think, then you have a lot better chance of winning this game so it could really could go either way i'm michigan is not a bad pick whatsoever i will probably pick them to win straight up uh, i just got okay this game just being a little bit closer okay i was gonna ask about straight up because i think i think michigan might sneak this one out straight up too the i like penn state but I, like you said, Corum, the running back, you know, we touched on Singleton. I think this is a run-heavy game to get the pressure off of these quarterbacks' shoulders, which means it's probably a quicker game, which probably means it's a low-scoring game. Um, I think if this is more of a shootout, I think Michigan covers. If there's, you know, a lot of points in this game, Michigan covers. But I think with it being, you know, probably a 20s game, I think Penn State can cover. So I think I'm actually – I would like to take Penn State straight up here, but I think I'm going to take the exact same pick as you. I'm going to go Penn State plus the seven points on the road, but I'll take Michigan straight up. Yeah, and this isn't a game to downplay either. This is a, a big-time matchup. These schools have history, so for it to be in the big house is is, is a huge advantage, actually. Yeah. Um. So, you know, Michigan gets the crowd on their side really early. Penn State 
you know, struggles with the environment, mm-hmm. you know, we could see a completely different story. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Let's move on. Let's go to the SEC. I think this could potentially be the best game of the entire weekend. You got a top uh, six showdown here. You got number three, Alabama, 6-0, and undefeated, going on the road, going to Knoxville, headed to Rocky Top, baby. Number six, Tennessee, undefeated, 5-0, and but they are seven-point home underdogs with the Tide coming to town. 3.30 kickoff on CBS. It's all the SEC vibes that you love. Um, go ahead and uh, open this one up with your initial thoughts. Yeah, so the big thing is is Alabama quarterback Bryce Young going to play. Yeah, been without him uh, for not quite two whole games, uh, not last week, but the week before he goes down with a shoulder injury. Um, I do believe he is expected to uh, play in this game. He has been uh, a limited participant in practice from the reports that I've been seeing. The thing here, though, is this is a shoulder injury on the throwing arm of a quarterback. This is an injury that can very easily get re-aggravated mm-hmm. or just or just you know last longer than you expect and, and just be a lasting nagging pain. So it can affect his ability to throw the deep ball. It can affect his ability to put some velocity on the ball uh, to fit it into tight windows. So I'm really interested to see uh, the comfortability level of Bryce Young if he is to start with uh, that injury coming back from it. Uh, and on the other end, Tennessee, I mean, Hendon Hooker, can we talk about him probably being the best quarterback in the SEC yet? Or is that too soon? Is it too yeah. soon to put him above Bryce Young, Will Rogers yet? Because uh, he's right up there for me. I mean, this, this guy's a stud. He's doing everything that uh, Josh Heupel is asking him to do in this offense, uh, delivering the ball where it needs to be, taking off, running for – I mean, this guy's – you know, somewhat underrated. Uh, other than you, I, th- I think you rate him. Yeah, I've, uh, I've been high on highly. him all year. You put, yeah. him over, you put him over Will Levis a couple weeks ago. Absolutely. Um, I've got. I put, two, I put a lot of people over Will Levis. I've got. I've got two scenarios here, and both scenarios have me taking Tennessee to cover this game. Wow. Uh, okay. 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 All right. All right. The first right. scenario is that this is an absolute shootout of a game. Um, mm-hmm. And it comes down to whoever has the ball last, uh, something in that range. The other scenario, which I think is more likely than people want to believe, and I know the Alabama fans want to believe. Uh, so all the Alabama fans can hate me all they want. The other scenario <laughs> is. Rocky Top is absolutely rocking at kickoff. A hundred thousand plus fans packed into that stadium, mm-hmm. and it is loud. The stadium, I can almost guarantee you, is going to be checkerboarded, and it is too much of an environment for Bama to get over. Tennessee absolutely feeds off of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And this Tennessee offense makes this game get out of hand quickly. Interesting. I'm not saying it will happen, but I think it is a more likely scenario than I think a lot of people would like to believe. Wow. And for that reason, I'm going to take the volunteers to cover. Straight up? Straight up? 
Ah, straight up. We'll, we'll go straight up. I don't. Damn. Oh man, I've rooted against Alabama a couple times and be and have been proven to be a fool. Uh, maybe this is it again. But dude, there's something about this game, man. This is not the Tennessee that Alabama is used to playing. I don't know if they're ready for it. And let's not over, you know, look the fact that we're hoping Bryce Young can play. If he doesn't feel good in pregame warmups, there's a very realistic scenario that they don't let him play. Give him another yeah. week to rehab. And man, if that's I don't know. the case, I don't, I don't know. Think I, Alabama, think... I don't think Alabama has a shot if Bryce Young doesn't play. Yeah, I, I yeah, the, I, I think I agree with that. But I think I think that this line tells you that most people believe Young is gonna play. And I think he's going to play because he's a competitor and this is a game that he knows his team needs. You know, I think oh, yeah. um, it's a, a very real possibility that he plays and plays well. I think that when you talk about, um, you know, Heisman Trophy contenders, I think Bryce Young is uh, automatically, you know, at least two or three spots behind a couple of people for most people. Um, but I, I think this could potentially be one of those Heisman moments. You know, you talk about, you know, coming back from an injury, um, not playing last week, huge game on CBS. You know, your team really needs this against an undefeated team in the SEC. Um, I think, you know, a good game in this game, 300-plus yards passing, uh, maybe 50 on the ground, a few touchdowns. I think that could really be um, something that we see a yeah, huge possibility in this game. Tennessee plays decent defense. I've had questions about it you know, so far in the season, but um, they've improved a little bit in that category as the season's gone on. Um, I don't know. This one's tough on the road. Like you said, seven points is kind of right where I'm at, um, but I think I'm going to roll with Bama. I think I'm going to take them to win this one by a touchdown or more. And I think I'll take them um, just to, just because I think, I think young is playing. And I think when it's still, when it comes down to young and hooker, I'm going to trust young just because I've seen it before. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Let me give you the defensive key to success for this Tennessee win that I'm predicting. So Bryce Young, nagging shoulder injury. Like I said, it's going to take some off the deep ball. He doesn't really have receivers to go deep. Then none of them are, you know, taking the top off the defense that I've seen this year. Yeah. Uh, at least consistently. So, and you have maybe one of if not the best running backs in the league and yeah. by the way jameer gibbs can catch the ball out of the backfield he's not just a between the tackles hard nose you know derrick henry uh yeah prototype, i think you know, this player. could be a i think this could be a so, really big gibbs game so yeah so i see a lot of short passes i see a lot of uh screens bubble screens slump plants uh something out of the backfield to the running backs and for that reason tennessee all he got to do is just keep everything in front of you and then come up to make the tackle in open field and you're containing them give them the three yards give them the the four yards don't let them break the big one on you yeah then they don't have the momentum yeah your defense might be on the field a little bit longer but if they can hold out 
And Tennessee's offense can, you know, put some long-lasting drives together. They've got playmakers. That's the key to the defensive uh, win there. Yeah, I think they've got playmakers, uh, Tennessee does on offense. You know, the running back small, he's a stud. I hope they're getting Tillman back because I just – I want to see best on best in this game. I want to see what those Tennessee receivers between Tillman and McCoy can do against this uh, Bama secondary. But um, I don't know. I think this is one where, you know – Nick Saban's talked about rat poison before. I think a lot of people are on the side of Tennessee in this game. So I think this is just that moment where Alabama remains um, Alabama. They still play Mississippi State later. They still play Ole Miss later. Um, So there are potential um, slip-ups on the radar still for Alabama. But uh, I I, I like him in this game. I'll take him off. Not to mention, do you think that the Alabama players don't know that they dropped from number one to number three? I mean – Nick Saban's not going to address it. Like you said, rat poison, he hates it. He, you know, gets pissed off at the media every time they mention it. But you don't think these Alabama kids know that they got slided and dropped to number three? Oh, yeah. That's a chip on the shoulder, no doubt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. That's why I'm I'm going tied right here. I think think they're pissed off, and that's usually not good for opponents over the last mm, 12 years, so – uh, let's move on. Let's head to the ACC. You got number 15, NC State. Talked a lot of junk about NC State the last couple of weeks, my guy. They get a oh, big, so- big win. Big win this week, or excuse me, last week against FSU. They're headed on the road against an undefeated, big surprise here, undefeated 18 in the country, Syracuse. Syracuse is a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. I don't know about that, man. That's tough. 330 on the ACC network. Um, We've talked about both of these teams so far on the podcast. What are your thoughts here? One team has proved what they're all about, and the other team has been receiving letters from me. Uh, I know I said cue the apology letter, but NC State's defense is a liability, dude. I can't trust them. They won that game, but FSU did not play their best game. They didn't play the perfect game by FSU, which, you know, it's hard to say that you're ever going to play, you know, your perfect game as a team. But this NC State defense has a lot of learning to do, a lot of growth. And this Syracuse offense will thrive if they stay healthy and protect their quarterback. That's their keys to success. You can't have any big players go down, and you got to be able to protect your quarterback. If so, that offense can put up points against this uh, uh, Swiss cheese of an NC State defense is what I'll call it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's hard to go that far. I, I don't know. They're not terrible. I mean, they're still a power five defense. They're pretty good, but they've just got a lot of things to work on. I think this could be a game where they can do that. But uh, Syracuse at home, only three and a half. I'll take it. Okay, I think I'm. I think I'm leaning in the same direction. Actually, um, we've talked about NC State. I think you know the big one here is uh, quarterback Devin Leary is actually questionable. Uh, left the game last week with a shoulder. So I mean, <laughs> Devin Leary, even when he's in the game, has has not been uh, Superman. So I don't know how much of a difference that might make. But uh, just ask. It seems like a big ask for me, um, especially if Leary's not able to go going on the road against Syracuse. Garrett Schrader, I told you I liked him in week one when they played Louisville. 
Um, he's a stud. He he's dual threat. Loves to run the ball. Um, he's got a nice arm. The running back Sean Tucker's been inconsistent at best. I just think you know a lot of expectations for him coming into the year, and he's had some good games and some really bad games. Um, so this one's tough for me. It's right around where I like to take this game at. Um, I think because it's three and a half and not closer to four and a half or five and a half, I'll like uh, to take the orange here. But this one is interesting, and I, this is why I picked it, because not only is Syracuse 5-0, and oh, but they got Clemson next. So I wanted to learn a little bit more about Syracuse and kind of figure out, you know, could this be a potential uh, really big game against the Tigers? Yeah, I, I'm – Taking Syracuse, but I will say I would be much more comfortable at a minus two and a half spread. Yeah, I, th- I just think, like I said, I think uh, I'm not impressed, especially, you know, I think Devin Leary is probably not going to play. And that's why I think this one's a little bit higher. Um, like you said, you know, if he was able to play, quarterbacks are really the only position that kind of influences spread like that, especially if you've got a good one, you know, like you're missing a, a safety or uh, even a receiver, you know, that doesn't necessarily play into the spread. Vegas doesn't take that into account. But uh, I think like the Bama game, for instance, I think if Bryce Young was definitely out, I think that's like Tennessee might even be favored in that scenario, you know? So I just think, um, I think Devin Leary is probably not playing. That's why three and a half is plenty for me. I'll, I'll take Syracuse. So we're on the same side through that one. All right, let's move on. Let's go Oklahoma State, TCU. Big showdown in the Big 12 here. We talked about these two teams potentially being two of the best teams in the Big 12, potentially a Big 12 championship preview here. Number eight, Cowboys are 5-0 and on the road against number 13, Horn Frogs, 5-0 and after a big win against Kansas last week. And the Horn Frogs are three and a half point favorites at home. So 3.30 kickoff on ABC, another uh, stellar 3.30 game. So you'll need multiple televisions for this one. But uh, should be a good matchup. Quarterbacks are good. Duggan, we've touched on him. Spencer Sanders touched on him last week. Um, what do you think is the difference other than the quarterback playing this game? I think there's a lot of differences here. Um Going back to last year, Oklahoma State dominated that game. But this is a new Max Duggan-led offense like you touched on. I expect it to be a super high-scoring game. I think one of the bigger defense, one of the bigger differences here is going to be on the other side of the ball, the defenses. Uh, yeah. who, can, who, who can win the trenches? I mean, this is – a big 12 matchup, so expect plenty of passing. Yeah. Um, but if you can win the trenches, this this game is automatically in your favor. If you can protect your quarterback, keep him upright to make the throws he needs to, and if you can get movement off the ball when they are running it, yeah, um, that's it. That's a huge plus. On the flip side, if your defense can you know get to the quarterback, make them make some ill advised maybe uh, hurried up throws mm-hmm. um, or just or throw it away on critical downs. You know, you're giving yourself a huge advantage in this game. Um, I see this game being a last team with the ball. Maybe bold prediction overtime. Some free football. I, 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 I could see it going. Um, this is going to be a close game. I don't think yeah. I see – either one of these teams really pulling away until 
at least you know the the fourth quarter begins probably yeah. late in the fourth quarter um for that reason i just i i gotta take the team that i have seen the most of when it comes to winning in the trenches and that, that's got to be the oklahoma state cowboys really okay going pokes it does yeah i don't know i this one's tough for me i think i i do believe these are the two best teams in the big 12 unfortunately it's not the jayhawks i so badly wanted it to be kansas but um I think these are two teams that you'll see play again at the end of the year in the Big 12 championship game. But I think the difference here for me is the home team. I think TCU being at home is the difference here. I like both teams on offense. Like you said, I think high scoring, I think 40-something to 30-something, 30-something to 30-something, but uh, I don't know. I'm leaning Horn Frogs. I feel like I feel like they've got some some good momentum after a good win against an undefeated Kansas team. When a lot of people were riding the Jayhawks and feeling good about that Cinderella story, me included. Um, but Oklahoma State, I good team. I think they are a really good team. I think wins against Texas Tech and Baylor were maybe a little bit um, closer than some people wanted them to be. But Baylor's a good team. I don't think Texas Tech is, but. Um, I, I'm feeling TCU in this one. I'm going to ride with the Horned Frogs. I'll pick them straight up. I'll pick them to cover three and a half. I like that number. And uh, sounds like we're on opposite sides. You picked Oklahoma State to cover. You like them straight up? I don't remember if you said that. Um, I do like them straight up. Okay. Uh, T- TCU is a good pick, though. I mean, you, you touched on them beating Kansas. Let's not forget that they have also beat Oklahoma, and that was yeah. when – and Oklahoma was supposed to be pretty dang good. Yeah. Um, it was before they so were three and three. That they, they are on a roll. They've got all the momentum behind them. There's no reason that they can't get it done. I just, I got the tingly feeling. <laughs> that, <laughs> okay. That's what we're going to go with. That's what we're going to go with of why I'm picking <laughs> Oklahoma State. All right. All right. Let's get a commercial. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, all right, we got two games left to pick. Let's head back to the SEC for an interesting game for a couple of reasons. You got Mississippi State on the road against Kentucky. Um, Mississippi State ranked 16. Kentucky has fallen to 22. Um, only one loss for Mississippi State to K- Kentucky's two losses, but it's the road team that is favored by four. So you got to pick them to win by more than a field goal. Um, 7.30 night game on the SEC Network. Question here is, we talked about Bryce Young. We talked about Devin Leary, another quarterback that is questionable to play. Will Levis did not play last week, and Kentucky ended up losing that game. So um, what do you think, other than potentially Levis not playing, is the difference here? Mississippi State might be the best offense in the SEC right now. Yeah, Will Rogers is doing incredible things in Starkville. I think the big question for Kentucky is, where's Will Levis? You know, we we missed him last week. He's been, you know, although he didn't play last week, he's been uh, on the downward decline. And I hate to say it, I've been big on this guy all year. I know you've been on opposite sides with me as, as far as the Will Levis hype goes. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that he's a good quarterback but he is showing a little bit of decline as the season progresses, uh, which kind of scares me. And then what's going to happen with the Kentucky run game? I was Mm -hmm. not not impressed. Uh, You get Chris Rodriguez back. Um, 
They and lost to South Carolina I, last week. I don't see what I want to see out of this Kentucky run game. So where are you getting your offensive power from? It's not coming from the run game. You have your starting quarterback that's a big maybe to play. And even if he does play, he's been choking these big games away. Yep. He wins the games. He wins the games that he should by a big margin, but he's choked a couple games that, you know, they're expecting him to step up and carry this team and lead them to victory. Yep. So even with them in, huge question mark. Um, I have Mississippi State winning this one handedly. Handily. Handily? Handedly. Handily? Handedly. <laughs> I think I can help with the whole pan, pan dilemma. Yeah, that's that uh, <laughs> public school education coming out right there. <laughs> Uh, no, I agree. I agree with everything you said. I think Levis has been hyped up a lot, and I haven't liked him since the very beginning. I just thought it was too much. I didn't think this he was a top sucks. five quarterback in the NFL draft like so many people are projecting him to be. I think he's a good quarterback, but I think Will Rogers is a better quarterback, actually. I like Will Rogers, and we've seen Mike Leach and his air raid offense He's going to let him throw that thing 60 times if he needs to. Will Rogers is a better quarterback in his system. Is it, though? Is it the system? Is it? It's it. I'm not saying it's just the system. He he is an incredible arm put, talent. He is very he's decisive with the ball. Um, he, he's got the tangibles that you want, but it has a lot to do with the system. I mean, the guys just got more pass attempts than anybody else, so you have a bigger sample size. I'm sure. not discounting him. He is a he is a very talented quarterback, but I think this the two the difference in the systems that each quarterback plays in uh, makes it a larger discrepancy than it really is. I'm not sure that you put Will Levis in Mississippi State system that he's uh, as good as Will Rogers. Are you? I don't think if you put Will Rogers in Kentucky system that he's as good as he is. That is not the damn. That is not the damn question. It goes both ways. No, it that, doesn't. That, that's my answer. It goes both ways. Nope, it doesn't. <laughs> you have to have a system designed for your quarterback to succeed, and Mississippi State has done a better job at putting a system in where Will Rogers succeeds. Yeah. But, yeah. You know it. There's a discrepancy. No, I agree. Uh, Mississippi I, I don't State. Think the gap is as big as most people think. Yeah, I agree. Mississippi State. That's it. That's all that needs to be said. I think this is a two touchdown win, uh, maybe even three. You can't lose against South Carolina if you're Kentucky last week, even without Will Levis. Um, I, I I just think, I think if Will Levis plays, they still lose this game. So, um, I'll take Mississippi State. We're on the same side there. USC. Number seven in the country, 6-0, and going on the road against number 20, Utah. We were high on this Utah team. We've been high on this USC team lately. The home team, Utah, is 4-2 and to an undefeated USC, but they are favored by a field goal and a half at home. 8 o'clock kickoff on Fox. It's the night game out west in the Pac-12. We know what can happen here. Is this potentially a spot where USC could go down? It's spooky season, man. We're in the month of October now. Utah's four and two now uh, after their loss to UCLA. Um, obviously, they lose. We've touched on it 
probably a million times on this podcast. They lost to Florida to start their year, which looks Wait, really who bad. Wait, who did they lose um, to? To the Florida Gators. Wow. Um, but they need something to go their way. And a big-time matchup uh, and a ranked matchup at that is exactly what they need uh, with all the stars on USC right now. The big question for me is, have they got, uh, for USC at least, is do they have the cohesion to win? Mm-hmm. They bring in all these big-name talents, all these uh, talented recruits. Yeah. And, you know, cohesiveness within a, a team sport is such a big thing. I don't know if I've seen that yet. I told you. Um, it, it's really hard to do, too, especially with a first-year head coach, you know, figuring out the whole program. Anyways, I told it, you it's, it's like the uh, it's like the East West Shrine Bowl team. They just like, hey, let's get this best player and this best player and put them together, and it'll obviously work, right? Yeah, and th- this is going to be a big test of adversity for the Trojans here. Yeah. I think this is one of their their bigger tests of the year so far, and I think uh, Utah has what it takes to stick around in the game. Uh, but with it being a three and a half point spread. USC only needs to win by a field goal. And the yeah. firepower that we've spoke at nauseum on uh on that USC offense. USC USC could is, lose by is, lose, is enough. USC could could lose by a field goal and still cover. Right. Sorry yeah. if I misspoke. They can yeah. lose by a field goal and still cover. And with the firepower that they have on offense, it's gonna be enough. I think I have the Trojans winning this one outright. Uh so I'll certainly take them to cover. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm I just think this is the spot. I think this is it. This is the Pac-12. This is at night. This is USC going down on the road against a Utah team that has been a little disappointing already. And I thought both of these teams were good teams going into the year. I thought they were probably pretty even teams. I thought Utah might have actually been the better team going into the season, I think. So uh, I think the Utes get the win here. At home, they play much better than they do on the road. Lost against Florida way out, you know, in in Gainesville on the East Coast. We said that was going to be a tricky spot. Lost on the road against UCLA. I think at home, they have a huge home field advantage. One of the best home field advantages probably in the Pac-12, maybe behind Oregon. Um, So I think they have enough to get it done. I think this is a good Cam Rising game. I think this is a sloppy game by Caleb Williams. I think the offense has been inefficient in weeks past, and I think that continues. I'm taking the Utes straight up. Covering that three and a half, Utes by a touchdown or more. Wow. Um, I don't know if it's appropriate to say bold since they are the odds-on favorite and it is at home. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to say bold because it's number 20 versus number seven. I think, Vegas, I think Vegas knows what it's doing with this game. They might be on to something. If it was a pick game, it might be a little bit closer, but this is a three and a half point spread. Yep. USC's got too much. They've got the playmakers. They've got the Heisman. That's what I it don't takes. Know. Caleb Williams is going to win this game. Then that's what it takes. You may be right, man. Penn State on the same side against each other. Bama, Tennessee on the same side for Syracuse. Opposite sides for TCU, Oklahoma State. We both picked Mississippi State. And on opposite sides, obviously, for that last Pac 12 game. So should be uh, different records. 
actually after this week. That's it for the episode, guys. Uh, really appreciate you listening. Didn't say it in the beginning, forgot to, but thank you for listening. Give us a follow um, if you enjoy uh, what you're listening to. Turn on your notifications. Give us a rating. Follow us on Instagram as well at Saturday6Pod. That's it, guys. We'll catch you next week.